flying over the afternoon desert of Gideon's Rest, of Glee 667BB, you are heading back towards town and consequently towards the, the revolutionary cache that, uh, that Jesse found on Alcor's wiped computer drive back in episode two. Hey. I know we've got some serious injuries from yeah. both Fajitsky and from Abraham. Mm-hmm. How long, like, I know it's a click that way, but uh, real time-wise, what does that translate to? It's at least an hour in the air. Okay, great. I think that... Smoking um, cloves. <laughs> I'm smoking cloves. <laughs> uh, I think Abraham's trying to take a little time to recover. I don't know if I can autopilot to the coordinates at all, or if, you know, I, I trust... Jesse behind the wheel. That's that's no big deal. Absolutely. If we're just going in a straight line somewhere. Yep. Coordinates in if that's what like you want. If this is okay with you, first like five minutes of the trip, Jesse's like next to you in the in the cockpit. That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. It's giving you that robot stare where you don't know if they're actually looking at you, if they're present, <laughs> if they're not. Do you have eyelids? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Great. Because well, you so. gotta have eyelids to have eyelashes. Oh, mm-hmm. true. Teeth. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's just giving you that blank robot stare, head slightly tilted, not blinking. J- Jesse, you uh, and I like wave my hand in front of her face a little bit, like. She squints, trying to figure out what you are. If you want to take the wheel for a little bit, I'm gonna let myself patch up for a minute here, and well, I reckon I'll oblige you if you like. All right, I take the take over. Is it like a nearby window where I can stare out? As I the, imagine as the ground is the close. He's smoking a clove and brooding about his past, just thinking <laughs> deep in thought. Oily hair. Do you know over. the be- the beginning of Predator when they're all flying in and the guys? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Andrew knows exactly what I'm talking about. No, physique in that movie alone. Just physique. dude's physique. Don't want to have this conversation. Do it again. But you're doing like the the Jesse Ventura thing, where you're just sort of like rolling up a cigarette and like not talking to anybody until the pre roll. The pre roll. They're, they're, oh, they're like black. They're, they're like perfect looking. They look perfect. <laughs> did you roll? I have to know. Did you roll them or did you purchase clove cigarettes? Pre-rolled perfectly in a cigarette case, I assume, silver. I, I, I assume that he purchased them, and I, he just kind of, they, they, they're there, they're there, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're going to do your regenerate type thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to let myself, I'm just going to lean back a little bit, and it's weird because it is just like a rapid scarring and healing process uh, that just like once I'm able to sit down uh, for a minute and just take a second, it's like patching itself and the wounds are closing and stuff like that. Is three per day reasonable to you? I think so. Yeah, great. So the, the the word of it, the language of it being, when you have a moment of stillness and, and ability to gather yourself, you can reduce the severity of one of your injuries by one step. Yeah. I assume you're going to go for the severe? Yeah, I'll take the severe down by one. Any response from the... the uh, you can absolutely drive and watch at the same time. Ha-ha, yeah. I'm a robot. No, yeah. um, no response. Just, like, waiting. Like, Observing. And also, she is fascinated. I've never flown anything before. I'm doing great. Well, just just keep it straight and go toward where that radar's telling you. It's in the coordinates. We speed up a little bit. So. Yeah, it's a little rocky for the first, like, solid couple minutes. How the fuck are you doing that? Well, I know y'all were wondering if I was a... I'm wondering, yeah. A person. Rest assured, I am. A human. I am from Earth. Uh, are you sure? I'm positive. I've uh, had a lot of travels where I've gone to a lot of places that aren't Earth. Haven't we all? And uh, no, not not right. Sorry. 
Have keep it, going, me too. Keep going. Have keep it, going. me too. <laughs> well, in my travels, I've encountered quite a few things. And one of those things, uh, what's well, made me a little uh, not quite human anymore. Thrust is cut. You are in many ways adrift. Soon you will fall, full fathom five, to the unnamed world below in a torrent of fire and friction. The air will scream from your passage, steel will groan and coolant will bubble and froth, but for now even this dilapidated loner ship is silent, and for now you can take in this uncharted world in peace, uncountable miles from Earth. For Abraham, this is a Tuesday. (laughs) Abraham, tell me three things. The last expansionist surveying this planet either beefed it or skipped out on the job. That's why you're out here alone instead of taking some well-deserved shore leave at Meridian. This could be your contact if you wanted. The last person sent out here to to scout this unknown planet. Yeah, uh, I think that um, Clarence might have tried to come out here um, or had somebody come out here and they did not get on planet. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's heard from them, yeah. which in this dangerous business is death or I'm going to be a space pirate now yeah. or just I'm going to fuck off to some corner of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, so who is it? Who's cat- contract? Clarence or a friend? I think it was I think it was uh, someone else that Clarence had hired because Clarence isn't himself an expansionist. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of like the, the mm-hmm. office type and he's more of a handler. So he sent you out here when this contract wasn't completed in time. Whose was it? Did you? I'm sure you knew them. If this is not a very large community of expansionists, yeah, no, it was probably Craig Chamberlain. Craig Chamberlain. Yeah. Was when's the last time you saw Craig? Good time. Good terms. Bad terms. Uh, it was. I mean, we were we were out drinking for you know, we were on uh, Meridian. Uh, no, it wasn't even Meridian. It was on a uh, Flak Tour Seven. <laughs> all right, let me write it down. Yep. Uh, Flak Tour Seven. Yep. And we're all right. Uh, he he uh, he can't handle his liquor quite as well, but you know it is what it is. I think he's pretty good behind a pilot seat, though. Oh yeah. Otherwise, you're dead in yeah. this job. Gotta be, yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Your ship is a real clunker. Mm-hmm. It's yours. It's your baby. You know every inch of it. But Deep Sky gave you what they had on hand, and it's either a little old or or beaten down. The bathroom light always reads occupied, and the coffee machine keeps breaking. <laughs> Tell me something worrisome about this ship is flying, especially since you are usually on a solo mission. What is worrying you about how it's flying or something with the engine or with the life support? Mm. Something small that you've been trying to keep your eye on, something worrisome. I think the steering's a little off. Thrusters, like being able to to calculate. Yeah. yeah, I think you have to do a lot of stuff by hand as opposed to letting the computer do it. Yeah, the autopilot's not quite where it should be, so I've really got to be diligent about keeping it on course. And in space, if you have to do a flip and burn even by a few degrees, you could end up splattering yourself against the inside of your your hull. Yeah. It's a testament to your skill that you've been able to take this ship as far as it has been, Mm -hmm. but definitely there's some issues with the the autopilot. Uh, Name the ship. I think it's uh, the Jameson. We had to spend four and a half hours at a restaurant, and that is literally what we did. We took time to name different kinds of ships, so I'm really proud we practiced this (laughs) over a margarita waiting for this. When we were beach bumming it. Oh, yes. Seriously, beach bumming a hotel, and that's what we did to kill the time. I'm so glad. It's like, you're supposed to be staying at the resort to hang out on this patio. We weren't staying at that resort. That's right. So the third thing uh, I need from you, in addition to an active magnetosphere, planetoid Aerial 690 AA is awash with unique and beautiful colors. 
as you're looking down upon this planet before you head in and do your thing, describe the look of the planet. There's like a very, uh, like a purple, smoky haze covering planet, and you can see, you know, rock formations jutting out of it. Um, some of them like oddly geometric, I think, mm-hmm. but it's hard to get a full view of mm-hmm. the topography because of the because of the haze over planet. I'm kind of imagining the giant steps when you say that. You know, mm-hmm. in Ireland, the big like geometric like octagon or what were they like hexagons of like marble that yeah. just sort of rise out of the. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like unnaturally Led, geometric. Led Zeppelin album. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I think a, a good deal of vegetation of some sort, or whatever oh, yeah. this planet's analog of vegetation is, and probably that's underneath the purple mist in yeah. some way. But otherwise, uh, all of your ship's sensors are saying this is relatively a habitable planet. There's a high nitrogen, you know, oxygen mix. You, you can breathe in without it deteriorating your cells, your lungs, or your heart. Uh, the nitrogen itself isn't at a point where the, the pressure is not going to make you go crazy with the bends. Other than a large amount of neon in the air, which is really unusual, mm-hmm. this seems okay mm-hmm. and uh, temperate if a little bit warm. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing, Abraham. With a planet this big, where do you start? Uh... What do you do? Because right now you're hanging in orbit. A brief moment of silence. Well, I reckon, uh, trying to think, because I think that there's, you know, there are water and land masses and everything. So I think that I'll start with a, uh, with a land mass that's at a, uh, a bit of a higher elevation. Mm-hmm. And then I'll kind of work my way down from there. What is your procedure as scanning? Are you looking for specific resources? Or are you just sort of trying to say, hey, is anything going to actually kill me before I can do anything? Because obviously, to actually study each and every world mm-hmm. would probably take decades. Yeah. But what do you do to give the deep sky people enough information that they can work with that? Yeah. So I think that uh, that it's a sort of top down approach where I'll, I'll land my ship as close as I can on a whatever seems stable at a high elevation after I do a scan of like a few square miles of the area to, you know, look for any immediate dangers as far as the uh, uh, local fauna. Mm-hmm. Um and so kind of check that out. And then uh, once I get a good read on that, if it seems like I got a good place to land, pop down and then uh, work my way down so I can hopefully hit a few different types of climates on my way to get a read of the variety of life on planet. So I will bring the ship down. I'll bring the Jameson down. Yeah, to a, to a whatever elevation on one of these uh, probably weirdly geometric uh, rock formations. It's got a, a wide base to it and uh, plop the shuttle down there. Grab the holy light. And uh, get out there. Before we can, atmospheric reentry is difficult. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people normally take shuttles as opposed to full uh, spaceships, because mm-hmm. there is wear and tear. And even on a state-of-the-art ship, not like the one that you're on right now, there is some turbulence. Mm-hmm. With you, there will be turbulence. Mm-hmm. We're going to need a face adversity plus metal as you take all of your skill to bring yourself down without crashing and getting, I don't know, uh, uh, tumbling over and over in, in this unfamiliar atmosphere. Got it. You can do it! Uh, that's an 11. It. 11. Perfect success. Your piloting skill is what keeps you safe. Because what was at first a calm scene as you begin to bring it down, there's no way to gently enter a planet. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the roaring of steel and, and friction of the air. Bless you. Uh... It, it rattles everything that's been nailed down in the empty mess and the empty bunks and the empty cargo holds that have just been tied down for transit, drowned out by the roar of air and the roar of friction. And it couldn't have been worse timing. 
because as you are coming in towards this higher step, uh, a roaring, brilliant, bloody, jewel-toned orange storm begins to whip up in the south and begin to quickly uh, move northeast towards where you were going to land. Static starts to build in the cockpit, and while you are actively avoiding uh, currents and keeping yourself on course and not getting tumbled around, there is a building static discharge in the ship itself. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh Let's see, if there's a storm coming that way, I'm going to try to whip it around and uh, see if I can get in a, a spot where I've perhaps got a shelter from the storm, you know, uh, out of the wind face there. Not out of the top, but further down. Yeah, I'm going to go further down, yeah. That's going to be one more metal roll. All right. Uh, that's going to be a nine. You have maintained complete control. Over your Please. ship, the the your ability to change in midair the flight plan, mm-hmm. uh, especially without an autopilot, is something you wish you could brag about if there was anybody within a million miles, <laughs> but there isn't. And uh, you safely bring yourself around and actually out of the storm, but not before the friction uh, in the storm builds up enough to light a small fire in the cockpit, mm-hmm. setting a bunch of uh, alarms going. This is not unusual. Mm-hmm. It's super bad. Yeah. Nevertheless, <laughs> you're not crashing. This is a fire. Right. From the, the, the aged circuitry or just the sheer amount of electrostatic friction in the air, there is a fire that has just burst out. And you can tell it's only in the cockpit. Yeah. The only alarms that are screaming at you are right near you. Yeah. What do you do? I pull out the fire extinguisher that I keep under the front seat because this shit happens all the time and I'm going to put out that fire as much as I can while bringing her down. I think it's keeping it cool while driving because it's mean, not like I'm like, oh, I'm doing this delicately or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, get it out, get I it out it. so I can get down. One more metal. Uh, that is a 11. Perfect success. Wow. Perfect success. There is no cockpit damage as you almost casually whip out the uh, fire extinguisher and blast uh, a coolant carbon foam uh, directly on the panel that burst into sparks and flames. And now you are below the, the main mist layer and falling into Ariel. Tell me about where you set yourself down, the camp, the what, what you do, your first steps, collecting fauna, all of it. Just talk at me. Yeah, I think that... Um, so yeah, I, I settle in in a, a little bit rougher terrain uh, than my original intention was, but I find enough of a clearing. Uh, the fauna is uh, much like the uh, the air around the storms and, and the fog and everything. It's got this like neon almost quality to it. Um, Truly, you know, strange patterns on on uh, what I guess would be bark on different yeah. trees and things, uh, leaf patterns and shapes that are very different. It's a dense biozone. Mm-hmm. It's like it's truly beautiful, and there's there are these shifting colors, this strange wildlife that you see every once in a while. Uh, I, I think you, as you passed over, possibly cave systems related mm. to these strange geometric rock outcroppings, uh, and this natural shelter that you yourself have found. Air quality, like I said, nearly optimal, but now you see off in the distance with that storm that's far away from where you actually landed, mm-hmm. the brilliant. Uh, jewel-toned orange mm-hmm. is the direct result of neon. All that neon in the in the atmosphere mm-hmm. getting electrified. Mm. And like you said, there are these uh, tree analogs, these, these bird analogs, a, a plant analog that opens its petals towards the blue sun because life is unoriginal. Even across a million worlds, it's pretty likely you're going to find things like leaves or, or things like bugs or like the animal that you catch out of the corner of your eye. Large and leopard-like 
What does it look like as you catch just the the back end of it as it slinks off into the the bush? Yeah, I think that uh, closest Earth analog at first glance is very leopard-like, but then uh, catching a closer glimpse of it, uh, it has... um what you might mistake for uh, like spots at first uh, on fur is actually scales because it is a reptilian figure mm. uh, with the sort of uh, body shape and probably physical capabilities uh, like a leopard. Uh-huh. Um, a very long snout and um, a tail that whips back and forth. It's a very slender animal. It's very long, and so it gets out of sight fairly quickly. But uh, yeah. it's uh, there long enough for me to see that it is like some sort of reptilian-looking. As the tail uh, whips out of sight. Yeah. So are you, do you are you a samples guy? Do you like go and like, or do you keep the EVA suit on despite the 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 warnings from your sensors saying, hey, this is pretty much Earth. Yeah, no, I I think that standard protocol anytime, even if it says that it's pretty similar to Earth, just because I don't know what else I'm going to encounter along the way, Mm -hmm. I do leave the uh, suit on Mm -hmm. uh, as I'm going around until it might seem reasonable for me to take it off. But for now, I'm leaving it on. I think you go about your business. And if if you take samples, if you you put things in vacuum sealed bags, if you take readings, if you Mm -hmm. take soil pH levels, anything that can give people, scientists back home that... The, the big wigs, you know, like yeah. the, the the eggheads, a, a clearer picture of this planet and whether it's worth anything for colonization purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do so for several hours. It's another day for you. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. Space Tuesday. Yeah. So you don't notice that your computer back on your main cockpit has been binging for a little bit. It's found a couple things. All right. As I said, this planet has a very strong man- magnetosphere. And actually, be- when you came below the haze is when the computer first logs picking up a signal. Mm-hmm. Something garbled, but nevertheless, on the deep sky uh, expansionist wavelengths, it's pretty fucked up and you can't make out any words or anything like that, but you can tell that it has a definite repeat sign and it's coming from somewhere off in the deeper jungle to the southeast. Mm. Uh, About how far away, like deep jungle, does it look like it is? Um, not too far by walking or speeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll take the stallion over there. Yeah, you're going to take your speeder bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need you to make an interface roll to sort of track the location of this beacon because mm. there's getting a lot of uh, interference from either something in the air or just the planet's natural magnetosphere. Mm, interface, all right, let's see what that is. Well, shit, still a nine, all right. You are able to track your way southeast, and though there's several false alarms where all of a sudden it's stronger and all of a sudden it's weaker, you think you're going the right way for a while and you're not, you have wended your way closer and closer to, you can hear the voice of Craig Chamberlain on a repeating emergency broadcast. The standard, I'm down, I had ship problems, look for me. If you pick this up, please send it to the nearest comm buoy to uh, Meridian Station where your boss's office is. It clearly never got out. Well, the way these things usually work is if there's a passing ship, they'll pick it up no matter where it is on the planet and relay it to the nearest comm buoy. Their job done. Yeah. This never made it off planet. Ah, shit. Craig. How long has it been? Uh, It's been about four months. Four months. I think you also notice as you begin to close in on this area, more and more of those lizard reptiles, those lizard leopards, they have noticed your presence and are coming to take a look as you speed along, or you're entering an area that is just naturally thicker with them. Yeah. As I'm passing along, can I uh, really see if I can get a good read on them? Like, uh, what's what's going on? If I see a whole bunch of them, like how they're interacting with each other, what, mm-hmm. what the movements are and everything, and then, you know, as much as I can as I'm moving along, but... I think it might take uh, getting off your bike for a second. Uh, assessment. Great. 
Uh, what's that use? Expertise, if you're trying to use technical knowledge to figure out what their, their deal is as organisms. Cool. Uh, that's an eight. Eight. To, you, you've told me that they have like this sort of scale-like plating, although they are stealthy and lithe like leopards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they are not pack animals, but they are not averse to being near each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you notice that they are extremely stealthy, mm-hmm. that every once in a while you will be looking out at a vista and then see movement at the very end and realize you've been looking at one the entire time. Mm-hmm. And there's one more thing. You come across one of their recent kills. Uh, describe the, the the animal that has been preyed on by one of these things. Um, so it's kind of uh, like a boar body shape, but mm-hmm. much larger, and rather than fur, it's not scales, but it's sort of like a, a rhino or elephant type hide, um, and it's got the, the large horns and everything with a couple of horns that split off of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a very large creature, yeah. like uh, probably closer to elephant size, mm-hmm. uh, but with that sort of uh, uh, boar body shape. I think it's still alive, and I think you see them playing with it. They're cruel. <sighs> all right, all right. I think I'm going to be on my merry way. Hello friends, Jonah here to say thank you for listening to this episode of Manifest. If you couldn't tell already, I had a blast playing in this one and Lydus knocked it out of the park with GMing and editing and we are so happy to be sharing it with you. Speaking of sharing, we hope you've checked out Super Robo Kaiju Explosion, or SRKS, our monster-infested superhero adventure. We released the first episode of that a few days ago and we hope you have fun listening to that one as we continue to release more episodes. If you're a fan of the Quest Company, please do us a favor and go to our page on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It's a huge help to us and we read every review that comes in. If you really love what we do here at the Quest Company and you want to take the next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. You can help us with necessary expenses that come with creating all of this content and help us continue to improve the quality of the show. We've got multiple patron tiers available and every little bit helps. If you want to give us that support, you can do so at patreon.com slash questcompanypodcast. We also have a link to the Patreon on our website, questcompanypodcast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so directly through the Connect page on our website or by finding us on Twitter, Instagram, etc. at the Quest Company. You can also come hang out with us in our Discord. Links to that are in the aforementioned places. I'd like to thank Mr. Joe Lytus for running the game and editing this episode, as well as the other artists whose work is featured in it. Thank you to Joseph Cash for So Long Snace Cowboy, the manifest theme. Thank you to Dan Lebowitz for the song Last Train to Mars. Thank you to Waylon Thornton and the Heavy Hands for the song Ratwolf and Bored and Alone. Thank you to Lee Rosevere and Daniel Birch for the song The Adorned Fathomless Dark Creation, Monster Event Horizon, and Not Even Light Can Escape. Thank you to the Charioteers for Ezekiel Saw the Wheel, and thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambient sounds. Additional sound design by Sifa10 and Martian. That's all for me, so let's get back to the action. Thank you for listening to Manifest here at the Quest Company. 
head off down towards the southeast where you are more and more certain that Chamberlain's signal must be coming from. Mm -hmm. And it is almost night when you approach. Mm. You see his ship, uh, what must have been an emergency landing. It's broken across uh, a a tree, uh, one of the fungal trees, uh, snapped almost in half. The cockpit uh, has smears of blood around it, and there's a rudimentary camp, including an ancient uh, fire pit that has sedimented over. I think that you don't find anything that would indicate where Chamberlain is. Mm -hmm. You find an empty boot. Mm. You find a cobbled-together distress beacon, and that is what you find. With with the boot, does it look like it's been sitting there for a while? It doesn't look really touched. It looks a little dirty, like it's been gathering dust, or so to speak, or alien dust. But it's not like gnawed or anything. Okay, but long long enough to have gathered dust or whatever the thing may yeah. be. It's been a while. All right, I'm gonna look around and see if it uh seems like there's any other uh, land masses nearby anywhere where uh, Chamberlain might have taken shelter or anything. It's pretty dark right now. Pretty dark. It was evening when you uh, rolled up on this clearing, okay. and as you search through the wreckage, it is dark. Is uh is the ship still intact enough that I could hunker down here for the night and have some shelter? Absolutely. That would be a physique roll to try to shore it up at all. Okay. Uh, like, it's open to the air. If you were going to try to turn it into a shelter, it would take some some lifting. I'm going to try that. I ain't going to do it. That's six. You create a shelter, and you hunker down for the night. What's it like? Cramped. Like the wind. It's not howling, but it's more like whispering. Give me a scary animal noise. Something in the distance. Like, like almost like purring hissing. Yeah, a strange purring hiss. And then a resounding one from the opposite end of the camp. And poking your head out, you can see those uh, uh, jewel-like eyes on the front of these reptilian bad boys. There's a couple of them just watching, looking in directly at you, unblinking. I am not going to engage them, but I am going to slowly go and grab my rifle, and I will not be sleeping for the rest of this evening. It takes about an hour, and then they close in further. You almost blink, like, with exhaustion, and then they are closer, moving forward, bringing in the perimeter, unmoving when you see them, and then you blink again, and they're slightly closer. They are tightening this circle on you. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to give him a warning shot, see if that does anything. Give me a roll plus, mm, what would this be? To intimidate. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> I tell you what. Physique. Physique. Ooh, Ooh. 12. Ah, excellent. Wow. Plasma, baby. I think they don't react to the first one mm-hmm. as it goes over their heads and, and shooting off, burning through uh, trees and stuff, that you just see the their, their unblinking eyes and a slight movement. And then the next bolt that you put in between their front legs sends the ones closest to you scattering outwards. Mm-hmm. What do you do? So the ones that were closest are gone. What? Uh, what how many more you do I see? see? I'm going to just keep an eye out, and as soon as another one enters my field of vision, I'm going to take a shot directly at it. I don't think they do. I think they've learned their mess- their lesson, at least until the blue sun comes up at the end of these eight-hour nights. Mm. You have made it through the night. You are tired. Mm. You are very tired. Mm. If you do another one like that, if you if you take another night like that, yeah. there might be a consequence. All right. You are, again, alone in this alien world. No sign of Chamberlain. 
little distress beacon, just not strong enough to break through the haze or the magnetosphere to get out into the galaxy outside. I'm going to take that uh, little beacon with me. And uh, uh, in the wreckage, uh, did I see any sort of note or anything left by him besides that? Any, any Anything that he left behind as a sort of indicator where he might have gone? No. All right. I will also say, if you're running on in-suit uh, oxygen, you're running out. Right. It's been about 12 hours of just running off your EVA suit. All right, I'm going to take it off. I'm going to shed that because that's weighing me down anyway. And if it's not going to be that much use to me, I'm taking it off. I'll look around and is there, uh, now that it's light, can I see if there are any land masses nearby? Anything that looks like he might have gone there for shelter? Definitely the, the thing that dominates vision is uh, the, the, the slowly rising hill, which turns into a mountain dotted with geometric sh- uh, rocky outcroppings. If anywhere he might have set up like uh, another beacon or something visual to be seen, yeah. it might have been there. Great. I'm going to head that way. Give me a boldly go roll. Yeah, That's boldly go. Love that move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, uh, not enough to do it. It's a six to boldly go. I think you attempt to do what your job is in addition to looking for Chamberlain, which I think has, has, has taken over your priorities, maybe. Maybe keeping an eye out for uh, these leopards again, which you don't see this morning, and running on so little sleep. You are careless. Yeah. And you stick your head a little too close to a bit of fauna as it poofs up in response to this a bit of purple haze, some of the purple haze that you've been seeing. Give me a roll plus tough. That's a nine. Choose two. You hallucinate. Your eyesight deteriorates. Your hands get shaky. I will take um, hallucinations and shaky hands. Take a debility to metal. Shit, alright. <laughs> I've decided not to call them debilities and moves anymore. It's just yeah. your hands get shaky. Great. Uh, there's an immediate reaction uh, in your body as, as this, this alien uh, thing uh, begins to affect the way you move and the way that you, 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 you've lost your decorum. Mm-hmm. Where there was peace and a sense of just getting the job done, there is shakiness. And mm-hmm. now there's a slight tremor in your hands. Who will play the hallucination of Craig Chamberlain? I think that Joe Cash will. Yes. <laughs> Joe, just do what you feel. Appear when you will. Leave when you will. Talk about things that are real or not real. <laughs> imagined or not imagined. You're going to die. Useful or not useful. But I think you are not cruel. That is all I will say. Not cruel. And you travel forward at any point break in because I will just continue regardless. Okay. Your hand's shaky and uh, no sight of Craig. You head off again towards these geometric things. What do they look like? I think uh, there is only one thing that I will say about them. Mm-hmm. They appear to be made out of the same rock as just the standard rock and crust of this, of this continent, mm-hmm. but they are lighter. Mm. Whereas the dark rock below is gray, slate, black, you know, verging sometimes into volcanic. These themselves, as they pile up into these geometric shapes, uh, are lighter to the point where at the very top they are almost porcelain white. Mm. Craig stands on top of one of them and waves. Oh. Hey, son. <laughs> Craig? I turn around, like, immediately. With the with a rifle drawn, you see nothing. <sighs> um, I, I start making my way. Is it like a spire type thing, or can I get to where? You can definitely walk up there. It's a short hike. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my way up there. I look around for any tracks or anything. Nothing. 
go to find another formation, you know, whatever whatever the nearest thing is on the path as I keep on going. Yeah, it takes about an hour to get to the next one. Uh, They definitely do seem to be very similar to the giant steps. They're so angular. Mm-hmm. They're so, and maybe you've seen similar things like this in other worlds, but the fact that there's several different shapes piled on 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 top of each other, it almost looks like like modern art or similar. Yeah, imagine every once in a while, just in, out of the corner of your eye, Craig's just kind of sitting on one of them, waving, <laughs> just kind of staring. <laughs> so unhelpful. <laughs> Incredibly un. Yeah, I think at this point Watch I'm like, it. all right, okay, cool, not real, Craig. All right, all right, still there, but all right. <laughs> uh. There is a storm moving in from the northeast as well. Similar to yesterday, you get the feeling that they might be a regular thing around here. And now that you are on a slightly raised area, it might be a better idea to seek shelter. Right. Well, I take a, take a note of that. It's shaky and probably uh, hard to read, but make a note of the storms and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll keep, on, keep my search going uh, at a lower elevation. So as you head back down, you continue to search and you see many of these natural forming caves and shelters. And there is a moment when you have left the more rocky high grounds and you turn back towards the uh, uh, forest as the, the sun sets and you just see all those eyes once more. Craig, Even is more. Amidst, Craig is standing amidst the eyes, not waving, standing next to the eyes. And as the sun falls, uh, one of them takes a very small step with one leg, Komodo dragon style, into the clearing. I shoot it. Give me a, a physique roll. Craig's standing right next to it. <laughs> don't forget. Does Craig say anything? I miss. Craig says don't shoot. A complete miss? <laughs> yeah, complete I, miss. I think you are almost swarmed. I, I think they, uh, all at once, as, as, a, as a rush, multiple of them uh, flank you from the left and the right and drive you backwards, back towards the caves and uh, the, the cave systems in this area. Yeah, I'm taking pot shots and stumbling over, and yeah, I'm shaking all over now. He's, ru- he's running with the creatures, and he's yelling your name. <laughs> I love this. Do you have any fear that this is the real Craig? Uh, not, that, not that this is the real Craig, I don't think. Uh, I, I think one of them gets you. I think in your your exhaustion and in, in your uh, 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 your panic, you're walking backwards and taking pot shots, and none of them seem to connect as, as though they've learned what to expect for when you point that. Mm-hmm. They always manage to get out of the way, and one of them almost experimentally walks up and snicks you with a razor-sharp whack of its tail. Uh, take a uh, minor injury. Okay. That one's head is cra- is Craig. <laughs> that one's head is Craig. Its head is Craig. Its head is Craig. Does Craig say anything? But like a whole body. Like, like, yes. Just Craig's head, just like. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like the, 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 the head is the head I is know. Craig's head. Just imagine like it, it. And it turns around to you and it says, "They have a they have a weakness." What? <laughs> yes, you shoot. Yeah. Every if you, every every you head you look at, they're all Craig's heads now. <laughs> What is it, Greg? And I, I'm like shooting and running and like, would you say it was like my hand is bleeding? Yeah, I think one nicked you across the forearm. And you're not doing any damage. It, it was a failure. I think yeah. you're shooting and running. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like as much of a distraction as it could be more than you know yeah. anything of actually like trying to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So you're heading backwards. You're back uh, back to the caves and then the, the sort of upper steps where you were and forward to these things that seem to favor the forest. Uh, are you doing anything to deviate or are, they, are you letting them sort of drive you into the caves? Uh, they have a weakness. They have a week. You're just repeating it. All of them are saying this. Yeah. yeah. Can oh, we get a clean one so I can layer it a million times? 
They have a weakness. They have a weakness. They have a weakness. They have a weakness. Just on top of each other. Nah, because I think that if he's, I think that if he's going into the jungle, he's like just gonna see more of them. So he's just going to whatever the closest shelter it is he can find, and if he gets his back up to something, at least they can't swarm him. He's shaking. He he's like completely like thinking this is it now. I think. We don't need to belabor the point, but they have driven you into the caves. Uh, injured and still hallucinating, perhaps Craig's voice following you, uh, you, 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 follow, you come across this cave network and sort of, at first, just a, a couple feet, and then push further back and further back until you can't see them anymore. It is only the light of your, uh, of your, uh, of your harness and, and your gadgetry that allows you to stumble through smooth stone in these caves unlike the volcanic rough stuff outside extremely smooth and though you cannot see so much uh except for every once in a while like the the brilliant orange eyes back towards the entrance from whence you've come you can hear them now echoing echoing (laughs) now bouncing off the different cave entrances and further and further into these supernaturally smooth stone depths uh abraham has to descend until you find a cliff opening up in this cave system. And there is a massive, unknowable darkness, like a curtain, hanging at the end of this cliff. Craig stands right next to you with his torch in his hand, looks down. It's a long way down, ain't it? Yeah, Craig, it is. If you stare long and hard into this chasm, you think you can see red at the bottom. <sighs> Hell is that down there? I don't know. A warm current of air. Lava? I say it's probably lava. That seems fairly likely, I think. Hmm. And Abraham, like, turns back around toward uh, the entrance, looks to see if any of those eyes are there. None. But you have a moment to see this precipice you found yourself on. No more do we have the sloping, gentle slopes of, of what looks like stone. The stone here is shaped. The stone at the edge of the cliff is a perfect 90 degree angle. Here, it is almost like white marble that you stand on, only illuminated by your rig. And you see shapes, bizarre, still and silent. Metal plates on strange articulated limbs. What looks like a black glass statue. A blue stone, possibly chair, on raised black stone. It looks like when you make sand dribbles, you know, as a kid at the beach and you let it just sort of splatter in your hands in these strange geometric formations and you see the fireflies slowly coming out of the black glass statue and several of the silent still objects on the ground, the fireflies, their beautiful motes of golden light slowly forming in the air and drifting as you pass somewhat in your wake. What do you do? You said there's like a, a chair-like formation? It looks very similar. Uh, how big is it? Very large. Blue. Almost like lapis lazuli. Is it of a size where I could climb up on it? Absolutely. Right, I, I do. Uh, Abraham climbs up. Well, first he like sets a hand on uh, Chamberlain's shoulder and it just passes right through. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right. And he goes over and he climbs up into the chair and uh, he pulls out his uh, big knife and uh, just sort of sits there and catches his breath for a little bit. Are you attends to his hand, uh, looks looks at these fireflies, but just you know, since the 
lizard leopards don't seem to be in the immediate area. He's like, he's just got to sit. Chamberlain's poking at the fireflies. And you pass right through. Pass right through. He's poking at them. They're friends, Chamberlain. I like them. It's a bizarre fucking place, though. They slowly drift unthreateningly through the air, and finally one sort of takes notice of you. It comes close, not quickly, not violently, Mm -hmm. and there's a warm sort of almost sunlight sensation as it gets close to your left hand. Yeah. Uh, There is no um, feeling to them. There is no wave, no air coming off of them. You feel like you could pass right through as though they were Chamberlain. But nevertheless, there is a feeling in this dark, dry, cool air of warm sunlight. What do you do? I think Abraham will reach out his gloved left hand very, very gently, very slowly towards this firefly that's coming close to him. It's almost playful. As you do, it bounces away from your palm. And though, again, you cannot feel it, it ducks and weaves and bobs and does a slow circle of your arm. And one or two more begin to come by and examine you. You met these little guys before, Chamberlain? Have I met these little guys before? Have you? Have I met these little guys before? I'm asking you. I'm asking you. (sighs) Fuck off, Chamberlain. Fuck off, Chamberlain. More and more have noticed you, and they are beginning to almost inspect you, looking at your gloves, at your gear, your shoes. One comes up to your face and is interested by your beard. Once it gets close to my face, I'm really trying to take it in as much as I can to just see the shape and yeah. Uh, And one of them finally, as though, makes a decision lifts up, slowly uh, falls into the lapis lazuli chair. You don't notice the moment that these fireflies deliver a perfectly precise electrical shock, stopping your heart and brain function instantaneously. You don't notice the swarms of molecular machines that break your body down into slush, devouring and dissecting the lipids of your skin. You do not notice leaving, but you are gone. You do not notice changing but you are changed. The muscle tissue in your heart becomes a continent, a resonant landscape of huge scale. Of your bones and teeth are calcium coral cities made, crammed with molecules of carbon and zinc. The sunlight of your synapses lights a universe empty except for you and of you. You are mists of saliva coalescing into asteroids orbiting pearls that were your eyes. And then you are none of these things, and your mind is your own. You float in an endless expanse of color as though you were on the rails by yourself, not in a ship, flying from space to space. Of endless beams of rainbow light, of every possible color and several impossible ones. You see floating before you four burning wheels, turning in the middle of the air. They sparkle like topaz, each a wheel intersecting another wheel. They turn... Ablaze, the rims dotted with eyes, with Chamberlain's face rolling madly, burning with a heavenly fire. And as they turn, they sing. The sound of their wings, wings beating on the edge of these wheels like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. And above these wheels sits upon a throne of lapis lazuli, high above is a figure like that of a human. As the glowing metal, as if full of fire, brilliant light surrounds them. They fix their many eyes on you and open many mouths to speak. And you return to the cave. You are Abraham. You are not lost. 
but you are changed into something rich and strange. You're also naked, lying on your clothes and gear in a heap on the smooth cave floor. <laughs> and you hear the beasts off in the distance. Chamberlain! <sighs> That's what you want to say. Comes out of your throat. Fuck off. Fuck, that was cool. That was so cool. I know. That was so damn cool. That was cool. That was fun. There's like a leopard now. I felt like I was hallucinating right with you guys. It was awesome. That was awesome. Shit, that was awesome. They go opposite ways. I love that. The question you had, how do you remember things? Is that what you ask? I'm terrified. I'm terrified. You would never see it coming. I've just been like writing. No. I bet it's not. Can we get some... <laughs> some Green Day? I was gonna say, can we get some more of Bull and Margaret Lee singing? <laughs> it's just so pretty. Margaret Lee. Margaret Lee. <laughs> just a little... A okay, little start again. Start again, Bull. In the late new century, AIs arrived. That's you. AIs. That's me. Mm-hmm. Adding machines to the new country's lies. Lies. Uh, how, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Now, robot fixing this, um, then she knows. That's me, because I can fix you. I am robot, you fix. Mm -hmm. That is what you know. She shoulders her hammer, and away she goes. Because you have the hammer. Mm Mm-hmm. Margaret, that's you, you got it, Bull. I am not Margaret, I am Bull. You are Margaret. Bull, please sing for me. I am not a slave. If you want to, will you sing for me? Margaret. Margaret Lee. <laughs> Girl who doesn't know. Girl who doesn't know. Fear. Right. Margaret. What is fear? And uh, why do you not know it? It's just because I'm brave sometimes. But what is it? It just, it's, it hurts in your stomach, and it makes you kind of... I do not have a stomach. Oh, right. Um, it makes you kind of sweaty. I do not sweat. Right. Um, Unless I am very hot, or it is, I am very cold and move to a hotter temperature, but that is condensation. You know when you're, like, (laughs) staring down the bullet of a gun, and you're thinking, will I survive, or... Will I watch everybody around me just die? No, I would let the bullet hit me and then keep moving forward. Right. It's like if you didn't want to move forward because you were feeling some kind of way. Fear is some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Fear is every kind of way for some Every people. kind of way with bullets for some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like sometimes I get a little afraid that you might turn on me. What do you mean? Well, because you're a robot. What do you mean? Well, robots hurt humans sometimes. I'm, I think bulls were made to hurt things. I do not know. Do you remember your directive, bull? I do not remember. What's your directive now? 
I do not know. We can make you a new one. I am not a slave. If you want to. If you want to. Hey, kiddo. No test today. We're just going to play a game. <laughs> it's a simple game. I, I know you'll be great at it. I call it input-output. There are five channels in front of you. They're labeled one, two, three, four, and five. Got that? Yeah. Things will appear in these channels. When I tell you that something has appeared in a channel, all you have to do is make a decision about that channel. Okay. So here's the first rule. Red equals kill. So when I say, I got you covered, my friend, awesome. red equals kill. <laughs> okay. So when I say red two, you got to say kill two. Get it? Kill two. All right. Round one. Input. Red three. Kill three. Input. Red two, red four. Kill two, kill four. Input. Red one, red two, red three, red four, red five. Kill one, kill two, kill three, kill four, kill five. Wow, that was really great. You did great. Hey, why, why, why don't you grab a juice box? I'll tell you the second rule. I grab a juice box. <laughs> no! He grabs a juice box! The second rule is blue equals shield. Blue is your friend. Like me, or the other doctors, or Principal Nelson. Yeah. So when I say blue... You gotta say, shield. Okay. Round two. Input. Blue five. Shield five. That was great. Input. Red four, blue one. Kill four, shield one. Input. Red one, blue two, red three. Kill one, shield two, kill three. All right, you're pretty good at this. Here's a crazy new rule. Kill doesn't just affect one channel anymore. It also affects adjacent channels. That means the channels on each side, to the left and the right. So if you kill channel four, it also kills channel three and five. You see? Mm-hmm. Input. Red two, red three, red four. Kill three. That was, that was great. That was great. Input. Red one, red two, blue three. Kill one, Shield three. You're a fast learner. Maybe you ought to be the doctor, huh? <laughs> yeah. One last rule. Green is innocent. If you kill more green than red, you lose. That's really important now. Okay. All right? Do not kill green. Can you promise me? I promise. Bull, you're on a beach. The sky is dead and gray. Ash is in the water. Ash is in the sky. The world is burnt, and the world is poisoned, but you don't know that. Bullets whiz past you, a few ding and ricochet off your chest. Your commanding officer is screaming orders. Red one, red two, red three, red four. Kill one, kill two, kill three, kill four. Soldiers swarm towards you, ragged and hungry, clutching ancient rifles, tattered American flags on their stained body armor. They die. Your squad falls back along the coast. Ash falls like snow. 
An office building. Your commanding officer is ordering people around. People in lab coats. Somebody grabs medicine out of your back. They're grabbing papers, shredding some of them, loading cases with equipment, and shuttling out the back door. There's a scream. Ragged shouts. American Union troops, starving. One of them grapples a scientist, and two more lunge for the building. Red 1, blue 2, red 3, red 4. Kill 1, shield 2, kill 3, kill 4. Everyone dies. Killing channels kills adjacent channels. <gasps> Another battle, further down the coast. Enemy ships, indistinguishable from refugee ships. Guns and knives bristled. Desperate faces. Children and women clutching possessions, piled in boats, fleeing to something and from something, coming forward in a mass. They're indistinguishable from the soldiers. Green 1, red 2, green 3, red 4, green 5. Fire! Your commander screams. Kill 3, kill 5. The children and women fall. Only one of them remains. More are coming. Red 1, green 2, green 3, green 4, green 5. Fire! Your commander screams. Kill 1. Some die. Some don't. Green, 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 green. Fire! Fire! Your commander screams. Fire! Kill them all! Fire! I don't fire. Fire! Your commander screams. He looms in your vision. Blue, looming in your vision like your friends, like the doctors, like Principal Nilsson. He beats his hand against your head. Fire. All you can see is his blue as he says, fire, fire, kill them, kill them all. I don't fire on him. That's where we'll end tonight.